everyone, and welcome to That Time When, the comedy history podcast where we tell you about strange things that happen in history. I'm Amelia Edwards, and with me, as ever, is my co-host, Barnaby King. Hello. Hello, Barnaby. And how are you doing today? I am all right, but... So, after recording last episode, we had a bit of a discussion about Margaret Murray. We did. (laughs) I've got some strong feelings about Margaret Murray. Yes. So, she was the woman who proposed that uh, who put Bella in the witch elm, that body was killed for purposes of witchcraft and creating a hand of glory. Yes. This is almost certainly not true. (laughs) Margaret Murray, it turns out, is an incredibly unreliable source who basically made up a load of shit. Yeah, she did. As far as we can tell, I mean, she reckoned that there was an indigenous race of small people Mm. in the UK that only talked to specific people and told them the truth about witchcraft. Yeah. And this was in what? This was 19... This was far later than it should have been. Yeah, she was basically in the first half of the 1900s. Yeah. And she was often seen as, like, the main source on witchcraft, which yeah. is a little bit of a problem. What was it you said? Like, she she wrote, she wrote the Encyclopedia Britannica bit on witchcraft She or did, for years. So, I'm sorry I even brought her up, all right? <laughs> she is not deserving of our time or your time as the listener. But... Talking about Margaret Murray, okay. I'm planning to talk a lot about historical frauds ah, cool. today. So actually that links oh, on quite well. Oh, there we go. I no longer feel bad. Yay. <laughs> okay, so the year is 1912. Okay, let me just get into the mindset. It's 1912. I'm an up-and-coming rock star. Of course. And I've got my loot because it's the past. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I... Wait, no, there's war about to happen in two years. Yes, but we don't know that yet. Well, I do, because I'm a fantastical rock star. (laughs) Oh, all right then. Yeah. Um, Okay, no, so 1912. 1912. In 1912, I suspect that the British felt particularly British. Um, We... Uh, What are you talking about, dear boy? (laughs) Uh, So... What ho? The Empire's doing relatively well. Ah, fantastic. And all those foreigners love it. They love it. Um, (laughs) They're... Like, we're just about to launch the largest ship ever to cross the Antarctic. Not Antarctic, the Atlantic. (laughs) (laughs) The HMS Queen Victoria. It's got a great big cow catcher on the front. We're going to go right through the Antarctic. I suspect there will be no problems whatsoever. No, absolutely. Actually, I meant the biggest one to go across the Atlantic to America because, you know, it's an age of science. Mm. Um, And... This year, in 1912, Charles Dawson discovers that the missing link between ape and man lived in England. Ah. So... <laughs> his name was Joe. He lived in, he lived in Rotherham. No, his name was Piltdown Man. He uh, lived in Piltdown, which, which is in Sussex. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I don't know it. It's in East Sussex. It's ah. close to where my grandma used to live in Uckfield. Oh, Uckfield, the improbably named. Yeah, I think it's on the river Uck. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a horrible name. <laughs> Look at that river, Uck. <laughs> 
Is that it? When people named it, do they just look and go, God, that river's gross. I look mean, at that. There's a turd floating in it. I don't think so. There's there's a whole thing. I think it's the River Uck in Good Omens, the book where they talk about how beautiful it used to be and now it's polluted. Oh, is it? Oh, I think I, that's the River Uck. I'm I don't sure. remember, but yeah. Anyway, so Charles Dawson was an amateur archaeologist and he found part of a human-like skull in Pleistocene gravel beds near Piltdown. Okay. So the Pleistocene was between 2.6 million years ago and 11,700 years ago. And wow, it's, that's... It's a long time. That is quite a range right there. Yeah, it's basically the Ice Age. Yeah. So whenever we're thinking like Neanderthals and mm. mammoths and people wearing a lot of furs... That's um, the Pleistocene. Right. And Homo erectus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Dawson also found stegodon and mastodon teeth in these gravel beds as well. Okay. Stegodon. A stegodon is like a small mammoth, as far as I can tell. Aww. I know. That's so cute. Apparently they they had a kind of a strain of dwarfism in them, so you could have Aww. little mini mammoths. Oh, I want a stegodon. Yeah, they're very cute. I want a little pet stegodon. And it might be important to this story, but I think that they only stretched across Asia. Oh, right. What's it doing in Sussex? Let's not talk about that right now. (laughs) Okay. But Dawson found this and was like, okay, so this guy lived during the Pleistocene, Mm -hmm. and he's clearly partway between being a human and being an ape. Ah, so it's a conservative. Uh, <laughs> but um, by this time, by the way, Homo erectus had already been found by a man called Eugene Dubois mm. in 1891 in Indonesia. Well, he's standing pretty tall, so it's pretty easy to find him. That's very true. Um, but the important thing about Homo erectus was that he was found in Indonesia, not England. So yeah. we can just discount that immediately because we are English and this is 1912. <laughs> You found something. Oh, well done you. But was it in England? Was it in England? It doesn't count. And I think Eugene Dubois was possibly Dutch, so also definitely no. Yeah, definitely no. No. Can't have those filthy Europeans discovering stuff. No, it's always got to be us. Yes. So, having found this, Dawson wrote to his sort of friend um, and colleague, Arthur Smith Woodward, who was... That is such an English name. Isn't it? Arthur Smith Woodward. Arthur Smith Woodward. (laughs) And Arthur Smith Woodward was the keeper of geology at the Natural History Museum... Um, so he heard about this. He was like, that's incredible. That's very British. We're into mm. this. And so he started working together with Dawson and went out into Sussex to find more remains of right. the Piltdown Man. Yeah. Would you like to see a picture of them both? Sure. So I'm going to put loads of pictures up on Twitter for this because they are incredible. So the gentleman sitting down oh my God. is um, Dawson. And then the guy on the far left, I think, on on this far edge, that's Arthur Smith Woodward with the incredible beard. Who's the goose in both photos? I don't know why there's a goose in both (laughs) of these photos, but it's one of my favourite things. 
There are gooseless photos of this dig, but I felt they weren't worth mentioning. Well, I, I think clearly what's happened here is while they're on the dig, they encountered some sort of mystical artifact which turned one of their number into a goose. Yeah, absolutely. That's why there are some photos without the goose and some with. Yeah. <laughs> it's pre and post goose transformation. I'm impressed that the goose stood still for so long. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we're still talking about that long photography mm. in 1912. Well done, that goose. Yeah. <laughs> I think it might be a different goose. The other, but anyway, I love that the goose is there. Yeah. Anyway, um, these guys basically, they start working together and they make more discoveries. Okay. So they found a set of teeth. Mm-hmm. They found a jawbone. Mm-hmm. They found more skull fragments. And they also found primitive tools, which they think that the Piltdown Man might have used. Right. And so they claimed that this missing link would be about... 500,000 years old. Oh, wow. And they said he's Piltdown Man because we found him in Pilton. Yeah. Or he is Aeoanthropus dorsoni. Okay. Do you want to see a picture of what he would have looked like? Yeah, sure. Aww. Yeah, I know. I love that he's white, first yeah. of all. Like, Why is he white? He's, he's a very pink man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, definitely not. <laughs> I love his expression of just far away sadness yeah <laughs> he's got some deep thoughts yeah. probably he's had a hard life he has built down man he's he's got a kind of ridged forehead a little bit like yeah. neanderthal and but it's only it's only a slight it's a subtle ridge it's a subtle ridge yeah it's a tasteful ridge <laughs> and he's basically got a chin that juts forward a little bit more yeah and yeah he is built down man okay so Here's the thing, though, because after 1916, mm-hmm. there were no more remains found. Right. And 1916 also happens to be the year that Dawson died. Ah. Mm. Okay. Mm. Suspicious. It is suspicious, isn't it? And some people felt that the whole thing was a bit dash suspicious from the beginning. <laughs> now... Well, yeah, I mean, you're finding... These ridiculous bones in Sussex. Yeah. And yeah. Yep, you're finding these ridiculous bones in Sussex in a gravel pit that just happens to be near where you live as well, because oh. Dawson is based around Sussex. Trey coincidence. I know. Um, so in the early 1950s, a team of scientists devised a series of objective tests to try and uncover what the truth was. Right. And these were pretty basic tests. Basically, it was like fluorine testing. Yeah. But they demonstrated that the bones were definitely faked. And oh. they were poorly faked. Oh, excellent. So this is Dr. Kenneth Oakley, who was a geologist at the Natural History Museum. Yeah. Uh, he demonstrated that they were only 50,000 years old at most. Oh, okay. So definitely not a missing link. Yeah. Not even in the Pleistocene era. <laughs> <laughs> they also found that most of the material had been artificially stained brown oh, wow. in order to match the local gravel in yeah. this gravel pit. Okay, so this was actually a whole trial, and it was kind of widely publicized. Right. So they also got in an Oxford anatomist called Joseph Wiener. Aww. I know. (laughs) And his team, and they showed how real bones and fossils had been treated to make them look ancient. Right. And... The, okay, so the problem is that a lot of people had bought into this whole idea for mm. a really long time. This was the missing link. This was part of history. Yeah. 
as a result of that, Piltdown Man was in school textbooks. Oh, wow. So the Daily Mirror at the time reported that thousands of textbooks would have to be revised <laughs> because people had been writing about this for like almost 40 years. Yeah. Which is really annoying, to be honest. Could yeah. you imagine? Yeah. Now, people have kept revising the history on Piltdown Man because they're kind of interested about how it was done. Yeah. So in 2016... Whoa! I know. So there was new research using some kind of fancy scientific technique that the (laughs) Natural History Museum didn't want to share with me. Oh, right. Okay. Um, But this showed that the bones were a mixture of at least two humans... Ooh, okay. ...who were probably medieval skeletons. Right. And an orangutan. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Not so much the missing link as two separate links jammed together. Yeah, basically. It's like, (laughs) this human looks slightly ape-like, but it's got human teeth. I wonder how they could have... How this could have happened. In the jaw. (laughs) Well, it turns out that basically it's the jaw of the orangutan. Right. But it's been like the teeth have been filed down to mimic human eating patterns. Oh, I see. And then the skulls, the skull fragments are from humans. Right. And. The fancy recent, the fancy scientific techniques that were used actually show that the orangutan was part of a subspecies found in Sarawak in Borneo, which I think is ah, quite an incredible discovery. Yeah, I'm trying to work out because, like, clearly you don't know what this technique is. No, but I'm just imagining it's like something really basic, like one of the people in the Natural History Museum museum just takes a piece and just eats it. It's like. Borneo, definitely Borneo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sarawak, I'd say. <laughs> One of the main mysteries about the Piltdown Man mm-hmm. um, that started off in the 1950s when people were like, but who did this? Mm. Because there are quite a few people involved in Piltdown yeah. Man. We've got Charles Dawson. Yep. We've got Arthur Smith Woodward. And some people thought that it might have been Arthur Conan Doyle who fooled them all. <gasps> Amazing. I know. Right. <laughs> Um, so they had to get the ringleader, the kingpin. Absolutely. For this archaeological fraud. Mm-hmm. So part of the reason that they did extra research in 2016 mm-hmm. was because they wanted to work out who did these forgeries. And the research suggests that the forgeries were all created by the same person using the same techniques. Okay. And that means that the suspicion for this falls on Charles Dawson. Right. So I'm going to tell you about Charles Dawson because it turns out that he's the kind of eccentric man that we love. Oh, excellent. But he is a crook. Oh, yeah, definitely. A a charlatan, a 'er ne'er-do-well. He's a charlatan, but he's kind of interesting because Mm -hmm. the thing is that he was quite successful at a lot of things he chose to do. He was quite a successful charlatan. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, he was a successful solicitor. Oh, okay. And apparently was like quite a fine upstanding man in his part of the world. But But he also committed forgery. Yeah, one day he just decided, I've had enough with the law. I'm going to go to the other side. Basically, like, (laughs) no one, so no one really knows why he did this. It seems to be he entirely was interested in fame. Yeah. Like, that's his whole motivation for committing forgeries. You want to know how I got these scars? I was faking some bones and it shattered in my face. (laughs) 
god. <laughs> okay, so wouldn't it be amazing if the Joker's main crime was historical fraud? <laughs> <laughs> Why would Batman care? I don't know. Well, because I guess he's running around, like, being chaotic. But it's like, he doesn't actually, like, kill people or steal much. He just makes shit up about history. Okay, sure. And Batman's just sort of like, I don't know what to do with you. (laughs) This is not my remit. I feel like punching you is a bit far for what you've done. (laughs) But you are technically a criminal. (laughs) Hey, Batman. Have I shown you my latest woodcuts? <laughs> <laughs> Although I feel like going, why don't you come up and see my woodcuts? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, of course. <laughs> oh, suddenly this has got a bit sexy, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the crossover that we all want to see, yeah. let's be honest. Historical fraud Joker x Batman. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay, so... um. In 1889, Hmm. Charles Dawson was 25 years old and he co-founded the Hastings and St. Leonard's Museum Association. Okay. um, And became their, like, key paleontologist, archaeologist and, like, discoverer of things. Yeah. (laughs) No one was like, Charles Dawson is discovering a lot of stuff very close to... Uh, No, they did. They did say that. Oh, okay. Um, He was known for making spectacular discoveries. Right. And the Sussex Daily News called him the Wizard of Sussex. Amazing. Because he kept finding stuff. Did anyone kind of go, hang on, (laughs) this is all a bit convenient for him? Apparently not. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so... um, He is a wizard after all. He found three major fossils. Right. Um, One of them was... Plagiolax dorsoni. There was one called Iguanodon dorsoni, and there was a form of fossil plant called Salaginella dorsoni, named after him. Of course. Because if you discover fossils, that's kind of like the bonus you get is like sticking dorsoni on the end. Unless you're Marianning, where you get like one. Yeah, Marianning gets <laughs> nothing. Yeah. But this guy who's just wandering around being like, hey, I found an iguanodon. I mean, this is giving me much more appreciation for Mary Anning. And I already had a lot of appreciation for Mary Anning. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a little list of some of the things that Dawson discovered. Right. So he presented the British Museum with a Roman statuette that he found in Beauport Park. Okay. And this was made of cast iron. Right. Not typically what the Romans would make statues out of. Yes, and that's why they went, my gosh, what an incredible discovery. Yeah. (laughs) That's not normally what Romans would make statues out of at all. That seems like such a faff to fake a statuette (laughs) of cast iron. Yeah, I know. Surely it's easier to fake one out of plaster or rock, like... No, cast iron, but it's such an incredible discovery. Yeah. Everyone's like, wow. It's like that episode of that Mitchell and Webb look where they find the VHS. <laughs> yes, it is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. He also found a strange form of hafted Neolithic stone axe and a well-preserved ancient timber boat. Mm-hmm. He studied ancient quarries. He reanalyzed the Bayeux tapestry. He produced what was then the definitive study of Hastings Castle in 1909. Right. 
He found evidence for the final phases of Roman occupation in Britain at Pevensey Castle in Sussex. Mm. And these were these incredible stamped bricks which mentioned the Emperor Honorius. And everyone was like, how incredible, because normally these bricks don't mention who the emperor is, but this is like super convenient. Yeah, that's great. You've basically got a date and time stamped on it. It li- yeah, literally, yeah. and and it said exactly what the name of the um, like occupation was as yeah. well. Um, he also found a petrified toad inside a flint nodule. Right? Do you want to see this thing? Sure. Oh, for God's sake, <laughs> that's so dumb. Yeah, it's basically like a really hollowed out bit of flint. Yeah, and then it's got this stone toad in it. Yeah, just. Just sitting there. Just sitting there. It looks like a. It, it's like a. It's like a rock Kinder Egg, <laughs> with the toy assembled inside. That is clearly not there for any. Like, that's it not. It hasn't there. been preserved in stone. No, it's just it's left just in a hollow. There. For God's sake! <laughs> People were like, "How amazing! How incredible!" And um, he did actually discover a large supply of natural gas at Heathfield in East Sussex. <laughs> Oh, great. Well, at least he did something. I'm very annoyed about this man. (laughs) He just seems lazy. At one point, he reported seeing a sea serpent in the English Channel. Mm. Um, He discovered a fish that he claimed to be part goldfish, part carp. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, to be fair, you can, like, when goldfish grow large, they are pretty similar looking to carp. Mm-hmm. Did he just see a big goldfish? Yeah, obviously. Like, I don't understand what he means because I swear goldfish have been bred to be goldfish. Yeah. I don't know. I think he found a koi and was like, good lord, it's like a carp, but it's golden. Oh my god. This man is so annoying. <laughs> yep. It's, okay, it's just annoying because it seems like he didn't actually put that much effort into his forgeries. No, but but everyone seems like not everyone because there were people who were like, "This seems yeah really stupid. This seems really dodgy. Why is there a preserved toad rattling around in this rock? I that's don't know not... what would have preserved that toad. No, that's... that's not how preservation <laughs> works. There's not no. <laughs> God, I'm way more annoyed than I thought I would be by this. It makes me feel a lot better about including Margaret Murray in my last episode. Yeah. Oh, and um, the final one, which I don't know. Okay. He was reported as having experimented with phosphorescent bullets as a deterrent. (laughs) What? Why? (laughs) As a deterrent to Zeppelin attacks during World War One. <laughs> I just don't know why. Like he's gone from being an archaeologist to some kind of scientist. I don't understand. <laughs> Do you need a moment? <laughs> Do you? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> okay, so I have a question. Go ahead. So, clearly he was good at some stuff. Yes. 
why did he decide to do this fraud when he could just be a solicitor and invent some bullets? Okay, so the thing is that he did discover some things. Right. As far as I can tell, the Iguanodon fossils that he found are real. Oh, okay. Some of the things he found are real. Right. But then he just also made shit up? I think he just, as far as I can tell, he seems to have just got a little bit bored. Yeah. And I think part of the problem as well was that he... He seems to have had a lot of success kind of early on. Right. And then found that that success was not like not forthcoming as often right. and frequently as he wants. So then he's like, okay, let's just make some stuff up. Isn't this just a huge example of like straight white male privilege? It really is. When Mary Anning... Yeah. I mean, granted, there's like two centuries in between them, but Mary Anning was trying so hard and she was working really hard and she Mm. had some really good ideas and really good understanding. Meanwhile, this guy, like, he doesn't have a specialism. No. He, he He's like, he's a dabbler in these things. He's seen a little bit of success and then he can just make shit up and everyone just goes, yeah, must be true. Yeah. He I said mean, it. <laughs> Charles Dawson said it yeah. and he discovered whatever random made up bullshit that <laughs> they knew about before. He discovered this Piltdown man and he made those fancy bullets. So he must know what he's talking about. Well, let's talk about how well recognized he was for a second here. Okay. Because... In recognition of all his many discoveries, he was elected a fellow of the Society of Antiquaries in 1895, which means that when he was 31, which is really young for any kind of antiquarian, he was Charles Dawson FGS FSA for being a fellow of these societies. Oh, f*** off. Yeah. Wow. Maybe Mary Anning should have just made more shit up. Yeah, right. No, because then what would have happened was she would have made shit up. It would have got found out and then people would have gone, oh, she must have made everything up. And Mm. that explains why this woman was so good at this. That's true. That's true. Whereas Charles Dawson can be like, I'm going to like discover a couple of things, then make a load of shit up. And they're like, oh, the maids up stuff. That's bad. But, you know, he's still good. He still did all these very good things. Yeah. And also, you know, he discovered some dinosaur bones, so obviously he knows all about the Roman occupation of Pevensey and the Bayo Tapestry and Hastings Cart. Like, there's no... I mean, I know that we talk about a lot of random stuff, but we're not claiming to be the expert on any of this. No, that's... This is very annoying. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Also, what did he do with the Bayo Tapestry? Did he do anything? Because I kind of feel like that someone called him in and was like, hey, do you want to have a look at this? And he was like, yeah, sounds great. And then he's like, I am out of my depth. <laughs> this is real and I don't do that shit. I'm not sure what he said about the Beto tapestry. Right. I, I think he basically just went, well, actually, when you look at it, you can see this. <laughs> when you look at it, you can see the outlines of alien ships in the background. <laughs> he sounds like one of these historians on like the ancient aliens oh history my God. channel He thing. totally is. Yeah. I mean, he does claim to have seen a seesaw serpent yeah like morgar the sea beast yeah Yeah. this one wouldn't have been morgar because this is in the english channel yeah um like morgar can travel i guess but morgar (laughs) likes cornwall yeah (laughs) i feel like at some point we should explain morgar but not now no no let's not all right fine (laughs) um okay so find out about morgar yourself go on so let's talk about how he came towards doing piltdown man right because this is the thing. Piltdown Man is clearly like 
the end, <laughs> it's clearly like the end point like right, all of these yeah. other discoveries are you know kind of small fry yeah but he's like let's do let's go for the big one <laughs> let's get the boys back together for one last job <laughs> <laughs> okay we'll be set for life after this well this is the thing he's not only he is he not a particularly good forger yeah but he also isn't very good at covering his tracks, I guess. For God's sake. So in March 1909, he wrote to Arthur Smith Woodward, complaining that he was waiting for the big find, which never seems to come along. <laughs> God. Again, this is, this is just such an example of privilege that he can be so lazy yeah. <laughs> in his forgeries and still people will be like, yep, you are now the expert on this. Absolutely. And we're just going to agree that this is true. And also, a little while later, uh, he met local author Arthur Conan Doyle mm. of um, Sherlock Holmes fame, yeah. as well as, you know, Tricked About Fairies fame. Yes, yeah. Arthur Conan Doyle was a real spiritualist. Yeah. Um, so apparently this inspired him in thinking up Pildan Man. Right. Which would make a lot of sense, because if you met Arthur Conan Doyle, I think mm. he'd already been tricked about the fairies at this point yeah maybe you'd sort of go you know what if people can believe that some cut out pictures of fairies in front of a waterfall are really fairies for 100 percent sure yeah then people are definitely gonna believe that an orangutan jaw and a human skull is an ancient missing link yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense it doesn't forgive the laziness but no yeah. <laughs> I'd say basically, I think, and this is entirely my own interpretation, but yeah. I think that he wanted to become a fellow of the Royal Society right. and maybe get a knighthood. Um. I genuinely think that all of his motivation is about getting that sort of extra bit of fame. Or, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> God, he's just so lazy and annoying. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> This episode has made me surprisingly annoyed. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Well, this not... is the episode of if you're a relatively wealthy white man. Yeah. Do what you want. You'll get away with it. Yeah. Like. <laughs> My God. Like, there's a lot of stuff recently where, like, there's all this, like, backlash to, you know, for want of a better word, wokeness. Mm-hmm. And it's just like. You know, you've got to recognise that these privileges exist. (laughs) For God's sake, look at him. Look at... I I cannot stop comparing him to Mary Anning in my head. Yeah. And the amount of shit she went through with people basically being like, nope, you're wrong. You're wrong. This is completely wrong. This is impossible. You haven't found these things or you're making this up. Or Your brother found it for you. Yeah, your brother found it or else, oh, no, actually, this is just a mixture of these other things. Yeah. And it's just like, and she was right. Like, she was good. Yeah. She, she knew she, what she was about. She was consistently good. Yeah. And as far as we can tell, she never got anything wrong particularly. Yeah. Which is incredible for the era. It really is. And Charles Dawson is just like, F- it. Yeah. Like, I'll just make some shit up and they'll believe me. Yeah. <sighs> so, luckily for us, there is another white middle-class man who can come and save us oh nice and that is dr miles russell okay so dr miles russell is an archaeologist and works for the bbc yeah and in 2003 he was like i'm interested in pilled down man right and he was the one who went 
hang on. Let's look at all of Charles Dawson's discoveries right. and work out if this is a pattern. Right. And he was the one who looked at all these things, was like, these are all mad. And he demonstrated that at least 38 of them Whoa. are fakes. But it took until Dr. Miles Russell in yeah. 2003 yeah. going through being like, you know, I think there's something a bit odd about this toad. <laughs> The toad gets me so much. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know much about geology, mm-hmm. but I know that's not how fossilization or preservation works. Like, it's just not. It's just mad. Yeah. And we come from an area where there's a lot of flint found. Yeah. We know how flints work. Yeah. But I mean, like I said, like not even to a professional level, I can see that and just go, no, that has just been placed inside. Like, <laughs> yeah. He found a dead dry frog and shoved it in a rock. <laughs> yeah. A hollow rock. Like, yeah. That's not, that's not some great feat. You just found two things and put them together, just like the Piltdown Man. Are you all right? I'm all right. Are yeah. you going to be okay? Yeah. You're going to be able to get over the, yeah. the toad? Well, no, not for a while. <laughs> Thank you for listening to That Time When. You can follow us on Twitter at That Time When 4, and you can suggest an episode for us so I don't have to think about Charles Dawson at ttwpod at gmail.com. Thank you, as always, to Kevin McLeod for our theme song, Anachronist, as well as any other music that Barnaby, in his rage, has used on the pods. And thank you for listening. Now go out, invest in eels, and smack Charles Dawson in the face. Bye!